0: Welcome to the No More
1: Leafies podcast. I'm Jackie. And I'm Danielle. And we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees re-watching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. And this week, we got to bust it. Because it's my girl's BJ. <laughs> I'm so excited. Mainly because she turns 40 before me, but also because I love this bitch. I love her. I love you too. I love her so much. (laughs) And we're celebrating with a very special movie, Fever Pitch.
0: Are you super excited? I am. Hold on. Let me get a little more ready. Oh,
1: Lord. This bitch brought out stickers, y'all. Stickers.
0: We're going both sides. We're going, I pulled out my two sizes too small now. Johnny Damon (laughs) shirt that my dad bought me in the early aughts. Uh I got my Red Sox stickers. I have my Red Sox cap, but it doesn't have the ponytail hole. So it just sits really high in my head, but I'm ready. Oh, and I have my cursed reversed edition of Fever Pitch.
1: I, out of pure respect... Did not wear any of my Yankee gear. I appreciate it. Because we're gonna we're gonna be respectful today. Just today. Just for my girl's birthday. That's it. Yeah. Loving, I'm loving the gear. You look great. You look people. Thank you. And I don't look
0: you've... 40, I do do I. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you look you look great. You look great. Thank and you. if you guys haven't realized yet, Jackie, yes, is a Cali girl. Yes, she also grew up in Florida and hated every step of the way of it. But at the heart of it, Jackie and her family are New Englanders. And we are. So we might disagree on a lot of things. It's very interesting because I'm from New York. And this is a big rivalry here. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine.
0: And there's going to be a lot of extra content i feel <laughs> we're gonna get off on some tangents go on some red Sox fangirl deep dives yeah so if you want to hear that content head on over to our patreon patreon.com slash no more late fees you'll receive that exclusive content stickers ask me anything bonus videos live Spotify playlists and more if you sign up to be one of our besties so head on over there
1: And remember to find us on all of our socials at no more late fees because content this week is going to be a home run. I love a pun. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jackie, tell everybody what Fever Pitch is about.
0: Fever Pitch. Is a 2005 romantic comedy following the relationship of Ben and Lindsay all the way from their meet-cute to Lindsay's arrest. It's quite a wild ride, and the Boston Red Sox may have a little to do with the storyline. It stars Jimmy Fallon, Drew Barrymore, Ione Skye, Katie Strickland, Marissa jarrett Winnicker, Michael Rubenfield, and our beloved Willie Garson.
1: R.I.P. Stanley!
0: I love how... His character was just so irreverent in this movie. It was written by Lowell Gantz and Babalu Mandel. Okay. Based on the novel by Nick Hornby. This was loosely based on his obsession with a soccer team. And there is another fever pitch movie that was released in 1997. That closely
1: mirrors. Colin Farrell. I don't know. <laughs> oh, sorry. Colin Firth. i don't know. do it again.
0: and this was directed by the Farrelly brothers Peter and Bobby you can watch it currently on stars and we apologize if we tell you where to watch it if it's off these streaming services it's a crapshoot
1: it ain't our fault
0: I suggest just purchasing this movie because why wouldn't you want to own it anyway before we start let's get into our ratings rewind
1: Okay. So you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best
0: would play on repeat.
1: Five day rental.
0: Would watch again.
1: Two day rental.
0: Okay, but nothing to write home about.
1: And same day rental.
0: Throw it in Boston Harbor because it's trash.
1: <laughs> Very good. I love it. Thank you. I don't even think I need to ask this question, but what was your Y2K rating, Jackie?
0: Not only did I buy the original movie, mm-hmm. then when the Cursed Reverse Special Edition came out, I bought that one too. And I bought a copy from my daddy. So I have purchased this movie no less than four times because I now own it on iTunes.
1: That's a lot, but all right. All right. No judgment here. No, 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 no. (laughs) For me, it's a five day rental.
0: That's fair. Especially, I mean, that's saying a lot from a Yankees fan, I feel.
1: I don't think I had much of a choice as much as I feel like I don't have much of a choice in this episode because I believe you made me watch this one. If I recall, it, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I had a lot of big feelings when rewatching it. I sent a picture to Danielle of me with like tears on my face because this movie makes me cry every time. And it's not because of the love story. It's because the Red Sox finally win. Tell us about the box office details.
1: All right. So this movie's budget was $30 million. And worldwide, it made $50.6 million. So did pretty good. You know, right around the range for most of the romantic comedies. This movie came out what what year? 2005. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it,
0: it came out pretty soon after because they shot in the 2004 season yeah and they got fucking lucky because their original ending was the red sox lose because the red sox always always lose lose. they have lost for 86 years and they happen to win so the farrelly brothers when the red sox made the playoffs and were making a comeback like they were rewriting the ending over and over for any like anticipating any which way it was going to go Because all of the games were real, except for the game that the Red Sox won in the bottom of the ninth, when they were down zero to seven in the bottom of the ninth, and then came back to win eight to seven. And that's all I got. (laughs) So let's get started. Do you have anything else before we get started?
1: All I remember is just, so when this was happening in real time, just being so excited because I knew how much like your dad would be excited and how excited you were about it. Like I'm not even a baseball watcher, as you know, I fall asleep. So I think at the time watching the movie and even, you know, the world series and everything that happened was emotional in that way. But then you know, when I was rewatching it, it all came back to me like, oh, this is going to be actually pretty emotional to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you sent me the picture and I was like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but it it felt nice. It was like a, a nice little warm hug to, re, you know, be ready to re- rewatch it. So it's it was like the plot is irrelevant <laughs> regardless. Yeah.
0: I, like you said like it, it took me right back to watching those playoff games and I will like my dad watched every game but I only typically jump in if they make it to the playoffs call me what you will <laughs> but 180 games is a lot of fucking games to yeah. watch during the season yeah i got a podcast to uphold <laughs> <laughs> i got <laughs> editing to do
1: <laughs> all right let's dive into the movie
0: yes so It opens with a narrator. It it turns out it's Al Waterman, have a sponge. (laughs) (laughs) He is. So it's really cool. Uh, There's almost like a family unit. They're all annual season ticket holders to the Red Sox. And it's like, they call each other their summer family, and it's uh, a couple of pairs of different people. And Al Waterman happens to be uh, a longstanding Red Sox fan and season ticket holder. And so he knew Ben's uncle Carl, and then was introduced to Ben when Ben was seven or eight. So Ben's parents got a divorce, his mom worked. And so Uncle Carl had to take care of him. Uncle Carl
1: was not good with children. No. (laughs) He did not know what even children do.
0: No. He asked if he still needed his diaper changed at eight. And so he started taking Ben to Red Sox games. He had season tickets. So Ben quickly learned how to be one of God's most pathetic creatures, a Red Sox fan. Tragic. And so we fast forward 23 years later, we are introduced to Ben as an adult played by Jimmy Fallon and his whole house, as Lindsay puts it, looks like a souvenir shop.
1: Can we talk about how absolutely young Jimmy Fallon looks in this movie I know and and as soon as I started watching it and there was some music in this movie that then it all of a sudden came back to me that Jimmy Fallon was making songs at one point in time like singing legit songs and they would play on TRL and they (laughs) and I I, I'm not gonna lie I was kind of feeling them and now that I look back I was like oh why (laughs) 2k (laughs) Danielle what were we doing (laughs) Yeah, for a while there, they were really trying to make Jimmy Fallon fetch, pretty much. He, yeah. Make, <laughs> make Jimmy Fallon happen. And on a basis of like him singing, acting and, and whatnot. It was an interesting time. He he needed that ego. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we still really enjoy Jimmy Fallon. We watch The Tonight Show. Is that what it?
1: Yeah, it is. The, Show? I think it yeah. is.
0: his his late night show we watch it all the time we watch his (laughs) spinoffs we we just I really enjoy Jimmy Fallon's brand of humor
1: yeah he's funny and I the one thing I I give him props for is that when he did get the show the the late late night show or whatever before he got the tonight show that he brought on the roots Mm -hmm. to be his band and I was like I got respect for that But he does very much respect music. He's a huge music lover. You can tell from everything he does on the show. It's unfortunate because he's had quite a few hiccups in the last few years. As people would say, America woke as fuck now. There's been some not so great situations that he has been in. But, and I'm really also hoping that some of the rumors that like he's an alcoholic and also having a secret relationship with their Ariana Grande are not true. I, I would h- like to hope that he is this wholesome guy that he is portraying.
0: Yes, so, no. his he is married to one of Drew Barrymore's really good friends and her producing partner, and they co-own the production company. I think it's Flower Films that produce this
1: movie. Oh, so. I didn't know that's like I knew he had a wife. I didn't know that's who his wife was. That's interesting. So they're yeah. really close friends. In real life. Exactly. Yep. Mm.
0: yeah and so after we're introduced to ben and his shrine to everything red Sox, and everything in his house is red Sox except for the toilet paper which is yankee's toilet paper
1: so do we see this do we see this scene right from the beginning or do we because i i i must have missed that i thought we don't see it until after she we may see out. it after oh okay because i was yeah. like that, that scene was perfect the way that, that they did it was because she's like, everything's great about him. There's, I don't understand why he's still single. And then he bag of hair and or
0: bag thing. of nails. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we see uh, Ben is a school teacher. He's a math teacher. And so he's taken kind of like his a P students, but they're in elementary school. This the school confused me. It must have been like a K through twelve because yeah. there are all sorts, sorts of, of
1: ages in there. Yeah. yeah.
0: He and it's the same school
1: that's the setting for Boston Legal. FYI. Oh. I, I do have a question. Are are teachers allowed to no. Okay, (laughs) I didn't even ask the question.
0: No, so he is driving three of his best and brightest in his old ass bug. I believe Ken said it was a 65 bug. Who knows? To this field trip, number one, you don't have another adult with you. Like that's the first thing you're you're taught is like one of the first things, especially when you're substitute, like they don't teach you how to like substitute a class. They tell you never be alone in the room with another student. Like always make sure there's a group of students, or if you have to be one-on-one with a student, another teacher is there with you as a witness. Yeah. So not, Oh, we're playing fast and loose on the teacher rules in this movie, but he takes them in
1: Boston.
0: Maybe (laughs) (laughs) there are many different rules in Boston than the rest of the world. (laughs) So he has arranged this meeting and I guess the whole premise of this field trip is to expose kids to fields of work that pertain to math. And so that they can find a, a job they're passionate about that deals with math and numbers.
1: I'm still perplexed as to what the hell Lindsay's job was. Uh, who knows? And just, it it's so funny because we've had, we've, been watching Drew Barrymore for so long it's like we've grown up with her so you have that feeling like you know her and when she was just like trying to be a boss bitch in this movie, I was like, this feels weird. Yes,
0: we know you're a
1: hippie. Just be a hippie.
0: Yeah. Like that's all we need you to be, Drew. <laughs> I do adore Drew Barrymore and I love her and everything that she's in. She plays Lindsay. She works for this company that somehow crunches and analyzes numbers for other companies to assess Projection. risk and investment and in projections. At this point, I'm just saying Matthew, the the cosine and tangent and the equilateral uh, triangle
1: the route the, the, the square root of I couldn't even get that right. Just,
0: I am not a math person. Nick is rolling his eyes because Nick is a math person. Sorry,
1: Nick. Oh, so we're doing. Well, it's not a trifecta, but it's a double. So, a, a double doozy for Nick, which is we're talking about sports and math. Ooh, sorry, Nick.
0: But we don't have to go in that into that much detail about the sports balls Thank in God. this movie.
1: Thank God.
0: I I, I can. I think he'll be proud at, at my what I need to say about sports in this movie. He
1: won't be proud about what I got to say.
0: <laughs> so Lindsay explains to the kids what she does. We still don't know. And she does ask them, do you look at numbers, try to make more interesting patterns, rearrange them, add them, blah, blah, blah. And, and the kid goes, Oh my God, she knows my secret shame.
1: <laughs> Those four kids were looking at her like, uh, lady, we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, as they're getting back on the elevator,
0: another odd interaction where they're like, why don't you get her number essentially? And he and they're like, we saw her glance to the pants.
1: What? I'm sorry. What now? So, yeah, the little boy is just talking about something completely different and then one of the girls yeah says that and he tells the little boy to shut up and he's like back to what you're saying she was looking at my pants (laughs) and I'm just like this is inappropriate inappropriate inappropriate." and then they're
0: like they're like you can like hit it out of the park anyway he's like oh I can give her my best cheddar like (laughs) all of these baseball analogies and I'm like I don't know what's going on here. You should not be talking to your students about relationship stuff. You shouldn't have driven them. Like you should be on a tiny bus or rented one of like the ISDs, like 18 passenger vans. I don't know why you're driving a 1965 Beetle in 2004. A lot of stuff didn't make sense. But we do find out Ben's kind of, he's stuck in his ways. Like he doesn't have a cell phone. He doesn't have a new car. He just teaches in Red Sox her his entire
1: life. Yeah. Like that's it. And, and um, so many people are, are like that. You get into your rut and that's it.
0: Yep. And so then we also find find out in this scene that Lindsay's boss is leaving. And in I think they say in like a year. We're like, who announces that they're leaving the company a whole year in advance? Rich have you ever bitches.
1: heard of that? Rich bitches. I, I don't know what those lateral moves up there at the top are. <laughs> so she's excited. She's hoping
0: to get promoted into that position. Now we're at, a, when we see her friends, most of the time they're exercising. Yeah. I don't, I don't Under quite understand this choice <laughs> about how the women always had to be exercising. We do see them, like, at a couple parties, and we do see them once or twice at a restaurant, but for the most part, there are quite a few of, like, activities being done while they're having exposition.
1: Yeah, and I'm also very excited that Katie Strickland, I think that's her name, Mm -hmm. is in this movie. Because that's another Shondaland she was she used to be on private practice and I always loved her as an actress she's very alpha female in this movie
0: yes yes you can tell that her and Lindsay very much have like a competitive friendship and they're kind of called out later on in the movie and we'll get to that part so they're at they're at spin class and we're kind of this, this scene really just kind of introduces all of the friends and kind of like their personalities. And so, but Katie Strickland's character, I don't even remember her name. Robin. Thank you. So, so Robin is kind of talking about, or Lindsay's talking about how she met Ben the teacher and that's what they call him, Ben the teacher. And Robin goes in for the jugular and is just like, he has a small income. And Lindsay's like, does it always, but does that have to be a factor in it? Yeah. Yeah, Like I make plenty of money. I have a good career. So what if he's a teacher, like he's educating the youth of America, that's honorable in itself. And so they're kind of having this conversation.
1: I do love that they call him been the teacher because you haven't been in a friend group for real for real with girls we do not i mean i i've dated guys before i don't know if jackie's ever known what their last name is there's always just like their name and some incident until some identifier yeah (laughs) (laughs) so when you finally say their name, it's almost like Sex in the City. She called him Mr. Big that whole time. And then yep. at the end, it's like, John, John,
0: <laughs> you have a Danielle moment. Who the fuck is Kathy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. But I, that's one of my favorite things about talking about a guy with my friends is that they have a new name. It's definitely not what, you yeah. know. And I will say
0: that even though this movie is written and directed by men, it is produced by women, but written and directed by men, I didn't get that feeling of like, they don't know how women talk to one another.
1: But does it pass the Bechtel test?
0: I think it are, might.
1: Are there any conversations where they're not talking about men? I think the only time is when she's talking to her assistant about work, maybe.
0: Yeah. Does your assistant have a name, though?
1: That is a good question. I don't know. They do talk a lot about careers, though. Yeah. And there's
0: that whole exchange about the other friend being pregnant. That's true. Molly. So I'm thinking it probably almost a hundred percent does. Moving on. So Lindsay decides she's going to give it a shot. So she calls and leaves a message for Ben at school. At first I was like at school, but he doesn't have a cell phone number. And I'm assuming that's the only point of contact because he probably set it up like while he was at school. So she knew what school he worked at it was probably the only information the board, she yeah. had at out, out from him and so he gets this message and he's super excited now the, the girls are rock climbing and there's they're having a, a conversation while someone is climbing the wall it's robin robin's yeah. climbing the wall but Lindsay is spotting her and holding onto the rope and then like she like exclaims something and throws her hands up and mm-hmm. then robin falls
1: off the wall I love Sarah's character. Her other friend plays yes. uh, Marissa Jarrett Winneker. She just has these really good one-liners and she really puts Robin, Robin. in her place mm-hmm. more than any of the other girls, Yes, yeah. I love.
0: Yeah. So now we see them on their first date. Ben is going to pick Lindsay up at her apartment oh. and and he knocks and she answers the door and she poor baby girl is a mess. (laughs) And it turns out she has food poisoning. And so she's like vomiting violently in the bathroom. And so she kind of tells him like, I'm not feeling well, we'll need to reschedule Then runs to the bathroom. And he looks around and goes in to see if he can help her. So he ends up staying the night. And, like, helps her get into pajamas. He does take a glance at the tatas. On the way, he brushes the dog's teeth because the dog was licking up the vomit. Um, <laughs> with her toothbrush.
1: Gross.
0: Hopefully he, like, replaced that head on the toothbrush. I I hope so, because. And Ken pointed out he gave her a hamper to vomit in in case she needed to vomit in the middle of the night but that thing was fabric Was it gonna hold
1: i thought it would when he said hamper i was like don't those have holes in it so i already thought it was messed up but yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: it was a fabric nice. hamper on like a wire frame
1: why not just a garbage can
0: yeah but i mean a walmart
1: bag <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's supposed and all that. there's these just little bits as he's yeah. helping it still kind of try to be funny without it being too too ro- on the romantic side, I guess. Shoot.
0: So she wakes up the next day feeling a lot better. She goes out, he's sleeping on her couch. They have a little respectful. A hundred percent. Like he wanted to make sure she was okay. And they they have a little bit of banter back and forth, and he he tells her like. I rented a couple of movies that make me feel better when I'm sick and they're going back and forth. And she's like, well, my sick movie is Annie Holly's like, Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. Roadhouse. <laughs> and it's like a completely different movie, but he played it off like they have the th- same sick movie. So a lot of really cute banter back and forth. And now they're walking through, I'm assuming Boston commons. It was a park. So I'm assuming it was that, Never heard of her.
1: Just kidding. Where I got engaged, holla.
0: (laughs) Story time. For my dad's 60th birthday, I bought Red Sox tickets because my bucket list item was like, I wanted to see the Red Sox play the Yankees in Fenway Park. And I wanted to see the Red Sox beat the Yankees in Fenway Park. And so when it would have been my dad's 60th birthday, obviously his birthday was in November. So I had to buy them like early in the year because season's over by November. I bought. First baseline tickets, really good seats right near Pesky's pole. And I could not get anyone to go with me. I'm like, I have tickets. I have a place to stay. My auntie and uncle live in Rhode Island. I'm going to rent the car. Like, I just need someone to go with me. And so very last minute, Ken's like, okay, if we can get a flight out, like after I finish work on Friday, we'll go for the weekend and I'll go to the game with you. Ken hates baseball. Ken hates most sports. And he's like, I'm not going to, but I'm not going to have fun because I don't like baseball. I'm like, I just need someone to take this seat. And so we go, we had a great time in Boston and you can do a field tour prior to the game if you show up early enough. Well, we both like craft beer. And so, and we were taking the train in for most of the way. So like we (laughs) pre-gamed. And we missed the tour by about 10 minutes and come to find out he was going to propose on the tour in Fenway Park on the grounds. And then- But
1: y'all were drinking.
0: We were drinking and we missed it. So he (laughs) made up for it that night and proposed in Boston Common. But that's our And then my phone rang. Yes. Yay. Yeah. But he had a fantastic time at the game said it was the best baseball game he had ever been to and he will happily go to any game at Fenway I'm glad he's going (laughs) (laughs) there was one Yankees fan in our section and the heckling was intense
1: (laughs) yeah I would never never that takes a lot of guts no doubt
0: back to the movie (laughs) So they're walking through Boston Common, just kind of talking like that, those first date, like getting to know each other type conversations. So they go to a friend's birthday party and he's kind of mingling. This is when he's first introduced to the group of friends. And he's like, I bet you call me Ben the teacher and kind of calls them out on it. And they're like, Uh, But he's kind of talking to the husbands and telling them, oh yeah, I have season (laughs) tickets. And And they're very intrigued.
1: He's talking about that. And the girls are like, she's like, there's nothing wrong with him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and they're like- there has to be something wrong uh, with him. You just have to find what they call the bag of nails. And they go into this story about a guy that one of them dated (laughs) and they went into his closet and he had saved Uh, all of the nail clippings and hair he had trimmed in his entire life.
1: That is so nasty. So gross.
0: So they're like, there's a reason he's still single. (laughs) You need to find out what it is. And this is when we see his, his apartment is just H to T Red Sox souvenir shop realness. (laughs) (laughs) So then we see kind of just a montage of them getting to know one another calling and talking on the phone. He sends her a gif of a dozen peat roses. They take a t- trip to Niagara Falls. So now it is March season ticket day. So he, he has his little group of friends too. There's about three or four friends that come around. There is Stanny, <laughs> who is Willie Garson from Sex in the City. We just, he is always Stanford to me. Yeah. He is an anesthesiologist. There's Ian, who is just another Red Sox fanboy, it seems, and then we have Gerard and maybe Doug. I think those are the other ones. I don't know. <laughs> it, they all blend in like they're they don't really progress the story much other than Ian and Stanford.
1: Yeah, they're the like two the core three. Exactly. Then, yeah.
0: So all of his friends are over, they're like smelling the tickets and they have to touch them. It's a very odd man
1: ritual that I just will never get. I just I also wonder like I I would wonder if these people are friends with me because they like me or because I have these kick-ass tickets. Yeah. And how would I use that for my villain story?
0: A (laughs) hundred percent. So now that we're back to Ben and Lindsay in the park, he's grilling for her. They're having like a little picnic and they're still talking. And this is when he gives his list of the top 10 things he loves about her or likes about her. He
1: says the top six are body parts. And then he really goes in. He's, he does say that he likes the way that she talks out of the side of her mouth. That she'll drink
0: in the afternoon. And then when he, she's getting ready and she's almost done, she does a little, like, shrug. Like, to, like <laughs> it it's good it enough. Yeah, it's good enough. He doesn't list the other one because I think that's one. She
1: she... Cu- I think she cuts him off. Like, she starts yeah, to say three. something.
0: Yeah. So we don't hear the 10th one, but anyway, she cuts him off and she asks like, when it, what are you doing for spring break? Teachers get spring break off. Right. And he's like, oh, oh, she goes into an explanation. Like it, it's like anniversaries and birthdays. Like it's a very big week for her family. There's just like a lot of events going on. So she goes up. I don't remember where her parents live, but anyway, she goes to her parents' house during that week and she invites him to come with her and he's like oh I really appreciate it but my I already have plans my friends and I always go to Florida for Mm -hmm. he calls it spring vacation and I'm like you don't want her to correlate spring break spring break and she's like oh um, I'm sure I'm
1: a little too damn old for that shit yes
0: and so he's like well we go to spring training with the Red Sox and she's like oh you get to train with the Red Sox he's like no we like just go down we scout out the new players and we kind of talk about tips and stuff like that she's like oh the Red Sox listen to you your input he's like not yet
1: (laughs) I feel like I'm missing out on a huge opportunity here I think all of us single ladies are missing out on an opportunity which is we need to be taking our ass to spring training. And I will
0: it. happily go with you. I don't have to be next March because they now spring train in Arizona.
1: Oh, bitch. I'm not going that back there. That shit is hot. I almost melted the last time. But so this is what we'll do. We're going to go to a Red Sox game because
0: you love me. And it's what I it's OK. So another side tangent. Every year for spring training, the Red Sox used to train in South Florida. And so dad would take us to several games every single year in South Florida. And we would go and watch the Red Sox spring train. And so that was a huge thing for me. But if we go to Arizona, we can go to like a spa resort. They have a ton out there.
1: I know what I, I love that it's the capital of the spas in America. I'm down for that. That's all you had to say to lure me out. Will we see and Uncle Pat? Yeah, we can see Uncle Pat. And then we can go,
0: uh, there's this really neat restaurant that's at the top of a mountain called Wrestler's Roost. It has a slide in it. And they, they have really good steaks there. And we used to go there all the time.
1: Yeah, uh, remember I went to the the resort your dad used to. The yeah, Camelback Inn. Yeah, I went there. Yeah, yeah
0: nice. uh, so dad was a... Uh, comptroller at mountain shadows. I don't know if he ever moved over to Camelback, but we stayed at Camelback quite a bit when we were little. My dad used to work for Marriott. If you hadn't gleaned that mountain shadows is now closed, but Camelback's
1: still open. I'd love to go there. It's just pricey. I went on off season. So (laughs) don't judge me.
0: (laughs) Anyway, hopping back in. So he kind of is like, love to, but I can't. I go to spring Florida for spring training every year. But he also, he says, I have a confession. And she goes like under a breath. She's like, here comes the bag of nails. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm a Red Sox fan. She's like, oh, okay, well cool yeah. yeah so he explains he has season tickets and then he asks her if she'll go to opening day with him which is like a really big deal because all of his friends like probably
1: give he their left just, nut to go to to opening day he doesn't just ask her this this bitch gets on his knees and with like, a box with a, a box, ring box proposes, yes like, opening day yeah it's real serious business i've never had any man try to 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 like get on a knee to give me tickets to a baseball game I would have been concerned <laughs> so
0: now we see and Lindsay says yes and so now she's home dad's going through like a and it's not a midlife crisis because he's probably in his 60s it's
1: a it's a crisis it's a cry <laughs> for help He is trying to regain his youth and he colors his hair. I'm guessing a box color. He did not go to a stylist and that shit is pitch black. It looks like Gomez Adams. Yeah. (laughs) Scaring the damn dog.
0: (laughs) The dog keeps barking at him. He's like, I don't know what's wrong with this dog. (laughs) Lindsay's like, he doesn't recognize you, dad. (laughs) stranger danger yeah so she's like mom why are you letting him do this and she's like he got me through menopause he can do whatever the fuck he wants <laughs> so hey, you see she has a really good
1: relationship family with her parents yeah. yeah
0: and a really good uh example of what it is to be in a loving relationship so her and her dad sit down to watch a little television and her dad flips to espn and it's coverage about spring training and she's like oh is this about spring training let me watch well then she sees her new boyfriend acting a fool on national television it's the socks sex i don't know what the
1: and breathing i would have died yeah
0: (laughs) yeah he was fangirling a tad bit hard he he was like if you imagine the energy of someone who's in b t s army, that's the energy so that he was, he was bringing to this.
1: He was literally us in high school within or, sync within sync or yeah you with Hansen or with yeah. me with roswell r i p yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know her. I'm pretty sure she's deep in the
0: recesses of your your brain folds because
1: that
0: there's a scrapbook
1: they would have had to talk about that. <laughs> It's your birthday, girl. It's about your shy. <laughs> we do talk about that. Moving on. <laughs> you know what the problem with being friends with someone for over 20 years is that they know too much. <laughs> and then we say
0: it's draft selection day with with Ben and his friends. So he has now all of his tickets for the season. He's kind of scoped out earmark some for Lindsay here and there. And now his friends get to choose which games they want to go to with him. But sometimes there's a little competition. We both want the same tickets, baby. So what are we going to do? We're going to have a dance off. (laughs) (laughs) And Ben is very encouraging of this behavior. He has a bullhorn. He's like, Oh, those are, that looks like D-backs dancing. I'm talking about Yankees dancing.
1: <laughs> he is drunk with power. He is. He's drunk with power. I do love that. It's weird. There's, there's two random men in the background. Yes. Who I believe one of the guys must be like a store owner or something. Cause he brings snacks and that's. That elevates his possibility or chances for good tickets. So that's weird, but okay. <laughs> I thought we might get some elaboration later. We do no, not.
0: we don't. Maybe that's where he got them hot dogs he was grilling in the park for <laughs> Lindsay. Oh, No, straight off the roller at his friend's bodega.
1: Those, those, <laughs> those, and those hot dogs were done. They were not. Yeah. They were not raw. That's they were hard.
0: like how Miss Terry likes her hot dog. And so they dance for Yankees tick uh, tickets and Lindsay shows up and she's
1: kind of like, what the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> yeah it's I don't know what's worse catching your man naked with a woman or this weird energy that was happening <laughs> whatever was happening yeah
0: in this situation. but he's super excited. he's like, hey, I got you this jacket the manager jacket that I described earlier we're just it's just for funsies we're we're just broing out here making our game selections
1: and so so she you know she's looking she's a little like this is odd this is odd and he's acting like it's totally normal so she she
0: says she has to talk to him about something and so he immediately freaks out He's like, I knew it. I knew you weren't gonna be okay with this Red Sox thing. Like, I tried to tell you. And she's like, no, no, no. We're we're not jumping off buildings here. We're just
1: talking. Jackie is literally gonna quote this movie line for line.
0: Oh girl. <laughs> and so she realizes she hit a nerve. And so she was thinking the Red Sox obsession is actually great because she's going to be hyper-focused on work because she's working towards that promotion. And so he can go to the games and she'll join him every couple of games or so. And so it's great. They have a plan. Now it is opening day. Someone says there's some exposition somewhere where they talk about someone offered a hundred thousand dollars for their season tickets.
1: tickets. Yeah. So
0: we know that they, they fetch a pretty penny, but actually in real life, and it's like mentioned later in the movie, like you can't sell your tickets to someone else. They can't take over your season tickets. You have to
1: give it back to the stadium. Yeah.
0: Because they have a, a list.
1: Yeah. Of people. It's like,
0: Yeah, it's a a waiting list that's like years long, probably decades long to get on. So
1: in this opening day sequence, it was filmed on September 4th, 2004. And our boy Stephen King came out to throw out the first pitch. Um, The Red Sox did lose that game, ending in a (laughs) 10 game winning, well, they ended a 10 game winning streak and King was blamed for it in the Boston Globe. Let me tell you, those- (laughs) New England is a whole different breed when it comes to their sports teams. They do not play. They don't blame this man for the fact that the team lost. And Stephen King,
0: if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. But he is ride or die Red Sox. So imagine, like, this is your team. This is your heart. Like, he is a Bostonian (laughs) <laughs> and
1: they're going to do him dirty like that? Like, really? And he still came back, I'm sure. Mm. So Lindsay is sitting there. She's she's on
0: the phone. She's kind of like, what, what time is the game going to be over? I have to get back to work. People have questions that need to be answered. And he's kind of like, I don't know. Like, you should be experiencing this. This is opening day. Like, this is an event. And so she kind of understands where she, he's coming from. And she's like, you know what? Figure it out. I took a half day. Like just y'all need to figure shit out yourself. And then this is, Ken actually quoted this earlier when I came out in my Johnny Damon shirt. <laughs> so the the two ladies, we couldn't figure out if they were a couple or if they were
1: sisters. I questioned that too, because I was like, it was left ambiguous. Yeah. I was confused, but wait, no, no, that was the other, that was that the divorce couple. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not that so, it matters, but you, no, you got an introduction of everybody. And then like, you didn't, they didn't tell you the dynamic of these two people. So yeah. it was just interesting.
0: Just that one had gastric bypass and she lost like 200 pounds. Yeah. That was it. That's that was really the only Exposition that we got. So one of them stands up and she's like, Johnny Damon, baby, best ass in the league. (laughs) And Ken quoted that as I walked by in my Johnny Damon shirt. So then Lindsay, is this when she buys the books? No, that's a, well, later on.
1: It's not opening day, but it's another game. She's trying to figure out the game.
0: Oh, yes. So it is. So she buys all of these books because she doesn't want to be the most ignorant person in the stadium.
1: But she starts asking a lot of questions that they're like, we're not. Carl, yes,
0: yes, 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 <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, Then she asks about the curse of the Bambino. Um And so they kind of launch into, and this is exposition, obviously, for people who are not Red Sox fans and why we are so passionate. And it is because in 1918, the Red Sox manager traded Babe Ruth to the Yankees to finance musical. musical. No, no, Nanette. And that wasn't the whole story, but that's the abbreviated version they give in the movie. And so they're kind of explaining how they go through all of like the major fails of of the Red Sox where they've like almost had it and like the Buckner incident where the ball goes through his legs one of the players got hit in the eye and was blinded he was a rookie he was supposed to be going places his career was ended just all of these really unfortunate events that kind of plagued the the Red Sox and
1: led them to not win a pennant for 86 years so I have a question what, Sure. what is the pennant so when you I have a pennant it's not going to be um,
0: is it a no, physical
1: not... thing is it like it is. a pin okay no it's
0: I guess I don't have it so a pennant is you know one of those long thin triangly flags oh
1: yeah 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 that's yeah.
0: a pennant so in the olden days with whatever team won they got the flag that like had their name and like World Series champions on it. So it was winning the pennant.
1: That's real basic, but okay. (laughs) But we like that. (laughs) It was 1918. (laughs) All right. I don't know if it was
0: the scene or another scene, but I'm going to throw it in anyway. They also make mention that Fenway Park opened the same week that the Titanic sank in 1912.
1: So... I just want to go back to our conspiracy theories and when I say our oh, I just mean mine <laughs> for the Titanic.
0: Okay. Are you going to explain further?
1: No, they can go listen to our Titanic episode.
0: <laughs> episode 2 of the first season. And the the conclusion of like this tirade of information vomit that Lindsay receives about the Red Sox is They've raised losing to an art form. And so you go, you know, they're going to lose every season, but you're there along with them. I
1: feel like it's really cute when losers like come up with this little narrative (laughs) to make them feel better for their situation. We can't help it. We have a (laughs) curse, Danielle. (laughs) Y'all ain't got no curse no more.
0: No, not anymore. So now we are meeting Lindsay's mom and dad. We're at a fancy restaurant. Ben is eating lobster. And he's missing a game, but he's recording it on TV. So when they sit, when he says, I, maybe it was an away game anyway. It must've been an away game because later on, he says he hasn't missed a game in 11 years. He
1: meant a home game.
0: He must've meant a home game. Yeah. Yeah. So he's recording the game at home. He doesn't want any spoilers though. And so this couple behind him sits down and he's like, sorry, I'm late. I was watching the game and starts going through like what was transpiring in the game. And so one of my favorite things, which I still say lobster hands, if my hands are dirty and I need help with something. (laughs) Um, So he starts like, la, 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 trying to cover his ears, but he has lobster hands. And so Lindsay has to go over and like, cup his head for him
1: she told him how important this dinner was that she really wanted her parents to like him and essentially like him better than her sister's husband or fiance and he does he was doing so well until he pulls this shit
0: yeah la 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 and then she covers the ears embarrassing and so and then she has to give her parents an explanation she's like he doesn't want to hear about the game and his hands are dirty so I have to cover his ears for him sorry mom and dad anyway but then it seems to go that did not turn them off from Ben he must have endeared them the rest of the time because the next day she's talking to him and she's talking about how her, her parents were heading back home. And he's like, Oh no, I took a day off. I got them into this really exclusive golf course. One of the parents, uh, the mom, one of my students is. The,
1: but the mom tells her that, right? Oh, okay. Oh, so she's yeah, on the, so the Yeah, she's on the I phone. I think with he, the mom. he ruined it that night, but he goes he must goes i think he goes back to talk to them and and then the mom calls lindsay because yeah. her assistant was like how to go i think she was about to break up with ben Yeah, and he had to pull that one out his ass literally yeah
0: and so he got them a tea time at this really exclusive golf course which they had been trying to get into but were not able to one of his students parents um work there and so He's just hanging out with her parents for the day. He took the day off. He That's he's so helping them sweet. with their the game, conflict resolution. You, you were talking in his backswing, weren't you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has a really good rapport with her parents and it's super sweet that he really just knows that he fucked up the night before and he makes the effort to try. Yeah, to like
0: cuz he is a good that. guy. He yeah. just it's has crazy. he's not crazy. Oh, I'm sorry. He um
1: his he needed cocoa puffs.
0: <laughs> he just needed something to believe in. I think he was just a lonely kid, and so the the Red Sox became his family and his friends, essentially. Obviously, he's very close with everyone that's that's in his little area of the season ticket holder yeah. section, and it was just something to hold on to and his fond memories, probably during a really bad time in his life. So he just never, it it probably emotionally stunned
1: him a little bit. So his love for the Red Sox is his trauma response. Exactly.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Okay. Exactly.
0: So now we're back at another game. We see a montage of the game happening and and the song playing is Sweet Caroline. If you do not know. If you know, you know.
1: (laughs) Black people who have us listening if you know, you know, not just with this movie, I don't know what kind of catnip they put in that fucking song, but white people lose their shit when that song comes on. What
0: is that? It's a catchy ass tune. So I will say Ken and I huge Neil Diamond stands, both of our dads listen to a lot of Neil Diamond. So it's very like rooted in our childhood. And it's something that like we share together. We actually went and saw him in concert and we bought his dad a ticket too. We took his dad to see Neil Diamond. Aww. And we like, Bill does not do anything fun. Like he just, he, he wants to be productive a hundred percent of the time. So the fact that like, We got him to go, and then afterwards, he was like, "That was amazing! Like it was really meaningful to him to be able to see Neil Diamond
1: in concert." He deserves it. Bill is the nicest person ever. He's so nice,
0: and it was nice for me because even though Dad couldn't be there, like experiencing it with Ken's dad, yeah, was a, a nice experience too. So they always play Sweet Caroline at the Red Sox games during the seventh inning stretch. It's a tradition. And actually, after when the Red Sox resumed their schedule after the Mm -hmm. Boston Marathon bombing, that first game after the bombing, Neil Diamond came and sang Sweet Caroline in Fenway Park in person.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah. But it's, but see, but my question is that it's not just a Red Sox thing. No, it's it's it, it's No, been, no. I mean, I yeah. know it's a tradition with Red Sox, but yeah. I'm saying that every time that song comes on, it's always usually at a bar. A white it, bar. It, it's a good sing along. I
0: think there are certain songs that are very good sing alongs. Piano Man's another one that, like,
1: it's like the equivalent for me when you go to a black party. And everybody is doing some sort of line dance or a dance. And it's just like, when did we learn this? When did we- Exactly, Consult yeah.
0: We don't have out? rhythm as a people. And so <laughs> we just sing along to things.
1: Yeah. Typically and, pretty poorly. And I think that the funny thing about that song is that no matter how wasted, how absolutely plastered I've seen people- Something in the brain says, I know every word in this fucking song. <laughs> and then I want to know what I think. Did this happen at the Boston games, at the Red Sox games? Because there's a part that isn't in the song. But no, people, so good. So yeah, good. Where is so that good. Come from? Where's the origin of that one?
0: Well, because you want to feel like you can participate. It's not enough to sing along. You have to have like a... Like a back and forth part too.
1: Right, 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 right.
0: So, so it's the so goods and the bomb, bum bomb. Bom.
1: <laughs> I just, I, I, somebody must have been floating a VHS around and say, okay, this is what we're going to do because <laughs> I don't understand.
0: I mean, <laughs> I 100% could not tell you when I learned the words to speak, Caroline. Right. And then when I learned the, additional words this week, caroline it's just always been there
1: right exactly this is what i'm trying to get to i need to do an expose <laughs> on this because i too love neil, the neil diamond i do <laughs> and i grew up christine got me well versed so i remember going to that having that moment going to a bar with predominantly white people and saying oh love this song oh wait every Everybody's really into this. Okay, we all Neil Diamond, all right. <laughs> you know, like I'm feeling good, and then it's like so good, so good, so good, and I'm like, it does what? get pretty aggressive. Right now, and why does everyone know this but me? <laughs> so that's definitely a culture line that I did not know immediately, but then my you know it now. now, and now singing so good with everybody else. <laughs> Thank you for
0: coming along with me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it needed Um, to be discussed. It's fine.
0: I I will discuss Neil Diamond at length anytime you wish to. And then we see Big Poppy. And I just, I just adore David Ortiz so much.
1: David Ortiz.
0: (laughs) So I just... Really, really big love for David Ortiz. And when we went and saw, when we went to Fenway in 2015, David, or- they announced David Ortiz. I fucking lost my shit. I was just crying. And like I, like, I just turned into a like blubbering mess when Big Poppy came out. And I have a sticker that says, I like it when you call me Big Poppy. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and so- I adore him. Anyway, Red Sox win and they're making out after the game. And so obviously they have a very late night and the next morning, Lindsay's asleep at her desk when her boss comes by to try and introduce
1: her to
0: this new client that she'll be working with.
1: And she's not just passed the hell out, but she's like, pouring a diet coke for her homies on the floor yeah
0: and she's sleeping mouth open
1: oh wow and I so don't know how she didn't get fired
0: agreed i i i guess the client must have just had a really good sense of humor about it like yeah huh, late night so anyway in this section of the movie ken turns to me and he goes that guy sounds like like a wilson yeah it's like I was like, what? He goes, like, like Owen or Luke. He sounds like them. And so I looked it up because I'm not good with the faces. Right. And I was like, motherfucker, that is the third Wilson brother who's only in his brother's movies. And he was probably in this because he was in Whip It with Jimmy Fallon and James and
1: He's super um, cute.
0: He is. He's very handsome. And I was like, how the fuck do you do that? Like he has an ear for voices. So, anyway, that was Ken's input on this movie. It's a Wilson. It's a Wilson. <laughs> so, I'm sure Lindsay got chewed out because her, her boss is like, Right. When she wakes up, I want to see her in my office. So, this is not boding well for her promotion. Right. And now she's out with her friends, kind of discussing the situation,
1: and she's being colonized. <laughs> <laughs> Now, let me tell you, the fact that a bunch of white women were talking about being colonized by their men, I, I don't even have words for this. Yeah. That was, that scene
0: did not age well. Not in the slightest. And the whole thing could be lifted out
1: and it it wouldn't cause a, a single problem
0: no like like because I feel like Lindsay on her own could just be like hey listen like I fucked up at work this shit needs to like I need to rein it in yeah like she didn't have to have that conversation with her friends so I will say this movie I feel like ages very well
1: except for that one particular scene Yes, they do have people of color in the movie, but they are only in the background. There are not any people of color that are really speaking or play any kind of role, except for the one of the little girls that Ben takes to meet Lindsay in the beginning. But this is also Boston. So my daddy always said, if you go to a city and you don't see any black people, it doesn't mean that the black people are not there because he said there are black people everywhere. Mm-hmm. It means that this should really show you how the white people in that particular city treat their black people, yeah, and that is I hate to say it very true about Boston,
0: yeah, yeah there are regions of the world that are still incredibly um, racist towards black people in uh, Boston in particular. It's not hard to find stories
1: about that yeah I've been once and that was good enough I don't (laughs) need to go back and if you're a Bostonian you got words hit us up and maybe be
0: be an upstander and like if you see something like call it out say something like make a change
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna make a change uh, For once in, in my God. life
0: i love that song
1: i miss michael
0: i don't miss michael i enjoy his music
1: <laughs> i miss michael mm. i don't know what he did <laughs> i enjoyed his music i'm and- looking at the man in the mirror i'm asking, asking him, him to change, change his, ways. his
0: ways oh man okay we're just lots of tangents tonight but that's wow. okay because it's my birthday bitches happy birthday to me
1: Ooh, i don't know if i put the order
0: yes yeah, so colonize ne- never
1: a great analogy no yeah because that means you're aware that this happened yes and yes. you know it's bad, and now you're making it as some sort of reference. Not yeah. good. Not good. Yeah. Not good.
0: Yeah. And Lindsay does say she's like, can it just be like it's the give and take? Like he's interested in this, but he also accommodates me and my interests in other ways. But I mean, Robin is not wrong in saying, like,
1: your boy obsessed. You. Yeah.
0: And, and you're bending over backwards to please him. When you're up for this really big promotion and you've kind of put that in jeopardy at this point because right. of the choices that you're making. Right. And then this is when Lindsay punches her. And so Lindsay's kind of had it with Robin's rhetoric and not listening to anything Lindsay's saying or listening for. Re- uh, response instead of listening for understanding right and so Lindsay just fucking punches her yeah i
1: mean she kind of deserved it she did <laughs> but i do this is one of those one-liners <laughs> when sarah's like yeah i don't think we should come back here <laughs> bad things happen
0: when yeah. we go to the gym yeah <laughs> So the next game, Lindsay brings her laptop because now she's trying to compromise. She's trying to spend time with Ben at the Red Sox games while also working on her, her business, progressing her career, his whole
1: matrix just, (laughs) you did,
0: it was good. (laughs) Uh, His whole summer family around them is not having it. They're like, look at her. (laughs) Look at her and her laptop.
1: And that thing is fucking fucking working. It is.
0: But I mean, she's trying really hard to make the best out of the situation. And I think she understands like, it's not for forever. Like once she gets the promotion, like things can calm down and she'll have more bandwidth for this
1: nonsense. Quality time. Sure, sure.
0: Quality time.
1: I'm not saying that the Red Sox, completely a nonsense but the way he is doing yes. this is insanity and the way he comes out of pocket at her in this this scene wh- where he's kind of just it, it it gives me wife beater vibes not that he, he, d- he does he does
0: get very passive aggressive in the like well if you don't want to spend time with me yeah if, yeah. if, if, if yeah, your certainly. work is if your work is so important uh, and so she's like listen i've been to three games this week we go home we go at it all night there i go quoting it again yeah. and then
1: <laughs> watching the movie through the- going through the scenes and then i have
0: to go to work and like this is my my compromise essentially but unfortunately lindsay's paying attention to the laptop and not the game and so when there is a ball hit into the stands everyone ducks except for Good old Lindsay she and not the fuck out she would have been in the hospital, like those balls go so
1: fucking fast, yeah. they have killed people before getting but hit she, in the head. I think she must have gone to the hospital because she says she didn't- co- yeah, so she went to she had a concussion she concussed. Yeah. I love that phrase. What I
0: don't like about the scene is he's cheering on the person that picks up the ball. <laughs> Instead of tending to his girlfriend but that has been in. He doesn't see her. I don't think he, he sees her. He sees her. He, doesn't, he can't not because he's looking past her to see the guy and high-fiving him no,
1: over he, her. She's down. So he's looking straight ahead and sees the guy catch it. He does not look down at her because the straight the, ahead, the guy, the guy that picks up the ball is like next to her on the other side right but he picks up the ball and goes like this and when when he turns he sees the guy that he caught the ball or that he has the ball and he high-fives him so he's still looking up because when they replayed the scene on the news that night i saw how like he like was like he he went oh man yeah and then gives him the five but then he looks down and sees Lindsay's passed out and then he freaks out and he goes to he does not see her get knocked out. I, do, I think that would totally take away from what kind of guy he is. If, if I that agree. Was, That's why I've always like had a problem with the scene. Rewatch it. Rewatch. Okay. Not rewatch the actual scene, but rewatch the clip when they're in bed and he's, they're watching it on the news. She should be pissed though, that yeah. he does that whole high five and doesn't yeah. notice right away. But I don't think he sees her.
0: Also. I really the background I really wanted was her passed out in her in her seat and I couldn't find it on the internet. So, I mean Lobster Hands is an excellent second choice, yeah. but that's was my first choice for a background. Anyway, so Lindsay goes to the hospital and now they're back at her apartment. She got a bag of frozen peas on her noggin cuz she has a fucking second head up there. It's so yeah. fucking huge. And so they, his friend, he's talking to her friend, Molly, saying she's okay. I'm with her. I'm watching her. And then his friend calls and is like, turn on ESPN. So he turns it on and it's the fucking replay of her getting knocked the fuck out. And it's just like, it's so like, you know, it's a movie, but even then you're like, It, it, it makes you feel some sort of way. So anyway, Then he wants to bone.
1: Yeah. What?
0: (coughs) Agree. Oh, and right before this, she's like, hey, listen, I've been thinking, I think like I shouldn't go to any more games. I really, really need to concentrate on this promotion. Once that's done, like I'll have more free time, but, and at first he's kind of like pissy about it and bummed, but she's like, you know what? You go, you watch the games and then I'll be waiting for you when you get home wink wink nudge oh, nudge
1: geez. i would as i would have used this entire situation to say i have a complete trauma i'm never going back to these games again never and what I happens when she dislikes the going well, to the games i'm it's just saying us... what i would have done I'd i, okay. I, I, I would have been like i ain't going back but what's going to happen when they have Like kids, that's what I I did have that thought of
0: like okay it's just the two of you now, and I don't know maybe until the kids like two or three you can you can bring them in for free but then is like are you going to trade off is he like he can't go to every game and she brings that up later what are you going to do for the rest of your lives like I'm sorry don't I I can't have this baby the Red Sox are playing Anaheim
1: right. So, yeah, she does bring up those concerns later on. So now it's we're seeing kind of like a montage of her working and doing her thing and him going to his games and them trying to kind of work it out with this new system, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, the client, the other Wilson brother. Yeah. is very happy with her work. So her boss is very pleased because apparently it's a very large account for them. And then Lindsay goes to meets Ben at school and is like, hey, I have to do like this very last minute trip to Paris. They're flying me first class. I'm going to trade in my first class ticket for two economy seats and right. let's go to Paris for the weekend. You just have to call in sick tomorrow. And then at first he's all on board and then he hears the, we have to leave tomorrow part. And he's like, Ooh, there's a game and they need me. And she's like, fuck you, Ben. Your girlfriend needs you to go to Paris with her. Are you not listening to what I'm saying? Like it's fucking Paris. You don't say no to Paris. And then she also reveals that she's a week and a half late with her period And so then he's like, no, 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 like, you're right. You're right. Like he, he does think about it and like, was like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? And so, but then she's like, it's already gotten off to a weird start. You know what? Just go to the games. I'll go to Paris and uh, I'll see you after the weekend. So her feelings are hurt and she's also dealing with the mental Exhaustion that comes with having a late period and stuff. And like she just doesn't have bandwidth for the Red Sox and Ben's love of at that point. And so she calls really late at night and Ben answers. And she's like, Hey, I, I got my period. I'll see you on Monday. And you can tell that she's.
1: She upset. says it came. She yeah. keeps saying it came. And I'm just like wondering, was this a way for men to not say period in this movie? Because they don't, I don't think they say period. They say I'm late. They say it came, but they don't ever. No,
0: I I think in this scene, he's confused. And so she, she says, I got my period. Oh, she's like, huh? What? (laughs) I don't know these words <laughs> that you're trying to say to me. And so he hangs up with her, and then he goes to his dresser and he had bought a little Red
1: Sox onesie, so he like tucks it into his drawer and gets I don't back. and why he didn't tell her that? because I think that would have made her feel a little bit And
0: so now Lindsay's back and he picks her up from the airport. He drops her off at her apartment. And they have this conversation in the street and she's like, I've been thinking a lot. And, and I think like, eventually if this is leading to Mr. And Mrs. Ben, Ben and Lindsay, which Ken very much liked my little feminist husband. He's like, I like how she said that (laughs) because it was both of their names. She said, she was like it's just, it's complicated. Everything revolves around the Red Sox schedule. And I know I I haven't even bothered to invite you to Robin's birthday party because it falls on a Yankees game day. And I know there's like no way in hell you're missing that essentially. Right. And, And she does say all the things that you feel the red socks i feel them too but for you right. and so that really starts getting him thinking like oh maybe this was a replacement for some of the relationships that i didn't have with certain people in my life and maybe i need to start looking towards building a relationship and a, a life with this person but he's kind of he's going through the stages of grief right so she she plants that little seed and then the next scene he's kind of rallying against it like just talking out loud about how she I he told her that this was his life when they started dating, blah blah blah. Kind of how dare she. But again, talking to one of his students during batting practice.
1: So inappropriate.
0: And the kid, little little advice and little <laughs> dear Abby that he is. He's like, I'm just going (laughs) to, I'm just going to leave you with a question. You love the socks, but have the socks ever loved you back? And so that's what really gets Ben thinking. Like I need to focus on actual relationships and not this one-sided thing I have with a sports team. And so he goes with Lindsay to Robin's birthday party. It's great Gatsby themed. And They have a great time dancing, like hanging out with her friends. He gets along really well with the friends group. So it's the end of the night. They've had a great time. They walk out to get the car and one of the valets has the game on the radio. And so she goes to cover his ears and he's like, no, it's fine. And so they go back to her apartment and he they bone. And then afterwards they're kind of, he he tells her, this is one of the best nights, if not the best night of my life, essentially. And so she goes to make, there are three eggs in Spanish omelets. And while she's making Spanish omelets, he gets a phone call from his friend and his friend's like, we won. We were down by zero. We were down by seven in bottom of the ninth. They came back, scored eight runs. We fucking won. This is like the best game ever, essentially. And Ben just starts spiraling. And so he goes out and he tells Lindsay and at first, she's like, that's great. This is really is the best night of your life. And then he's like, no, I haven't missed a game. And, and I think- want to say 11 years no 20 23 I know it was 23 years later I don't know it doesn't matter so like he's never missed a game essentially and never missed a home game and he wasn't there and he just is super mad and she's like didn't you say yourself tonight that it's only a game right and he's like, well, you don't get it. Can you name a single thing you've cared about for 23 years? And she's like, no, because I would have been seven. And if I still wanted to marry Scott Bayo, I would have considered my life had gone very wrong. And
1: I feel like out of every quote in this movie, that has to be the one that ages the best. <laughs> because we have learned that's, that Bay was trash, trash. oh Jesus,
0: So she tells him, like you've you've just broken my heart. And so we see him leaving the apartment. And on this rewatching was the first time I noticed he has all of her red sock stuff
1: with him when he leaves oh, the apartment. He I has the jacket that. and the shirt that she was wearing. yeah, she probably wants nothing to do with this shit no
0: more. no. she she's just done. So now, it's late September. So we're kind of getting towards playoffs. It's not quite playoffs yet. Of course the Red Sox choke because that's what they typically do. They don't make it into the playoffs, but they still have a chance at the wild card spot. And
1: so they go the long way around. They
0: go the extremely long way around. So the wild card playoffs in 2004 were the Red Sox versus the Yankees. And essentially, the Yankees, and this is real, the w- Yankees win one, two, three. You have to wear f- win four out of the seven games in order to advance to the World Series. And they, there's exposition that says no team has ever come back from this deficit. No one has won four in a row in the playoffs, and so the Red Sox did it. And like, this was the playoffs Were I'm getting chills now thinking about it. The playoffs were just so incredibly tense, especially when you hit that game four, and you know, every subsequent game was do or die for the Red Sox. And they pulled it out. And there was one game that conflicted with a nighttime, um, class college class I had it was mm-hmm. photography and I showed up like 45 minutes late to class and I told the instructor I was like I'm really sorry I was watching the playoff game and he said let me ask you who were you rooting for and I said I was rooting for the Red Sox he goes you're excused
1: that what kind of privilege bullshit is this <laughs> how are you showing up 45 minutes to your class why even show up it's a three-hour class.
0: That's that's crazy. So the playoffs, like it was dad and I, and like, well, our whole family just sitting there watching nail biter every time. And they've pulled it out and they, they made it to the world series that year. And that's like, that's a core memory for us as a family, as well as the Red Sox making it into the world series, especially beating the Yankees. It was just like that cherry on top to get to the world series.
1: Honestly, when he passed away, I think that's one of the things that we just were so glad that he got to experience that.
0: Yeah, in his memorial video, which I put together for him, it's actually the very last thing of his video is that end scene where the announcers are like, it's been 86 years and It's the words that all Red Sox fans have been longing to hear. The Red Sox have won the World Series. So that's the ending of his memorial video. Well, we're going to cry for the first time on this one, apparently. (laughs) But yeah, Dad loved the Red Sox. And so they make it into the World Series. And so we kind of see a montage of them. Oh, the next scene is, so I kind of skipped ahead. Oh, I'm pulling off my stickers. I skipped ahead a little bit. Let me backtrack. So now the Red Sox have to beat the Yankees and Lindsay's broken up with him. And so Ben goes on a downward spiral.
1: Yeah, he's watching tapes from some of the most horrific times in Red Sox history. He's- The
0: Buckner bla- tape.
1: He's blacked out <laughs> his windows. His friends Brit bust in and pretty much take his ass to the shower. And-
0: Kyle, oh, Yastrzemski. Kyle, Yastrzemski.
1: <laughs> Very odd scene is that they are washing him. They didn't just throw him. They're like three of them are bathing him. Which, uh, dedication, friendship. I'm, uh, I will this... say this. I'm not cleaning your cooch, Jack. I'm not <laughs> doing it. Not unless um... I really have to.
0: I won't I won't be mad at you.
1: <laughs> the <laughs> um, one I would do is like like a baby. I'm just taking the spray and <laughs> yeah. putting it at a hard I'm level. trying not
0: to make eye contact <laughs> with the V. I, I think out of the, everything, because the Farrelly brothers are very their directing style is very heavily stylized. And you know it's a Farrelly brothers film. This doesn't have many moments of that. It's very tame comedy wise for the Farrelly brothers, but this, the shaving the balls, I feel like was their one, we need to have like a signature thing in this movie. And so, yes, Willie Garson, my little sweet Stanny is shaving his balls. And then he, that's kind of when he comes to though, and like snaps out of his funk is like, how what the fuck you doing?
1: How long? <laughs> How long is someone like playing with your balls before you're like hey (laughs) what are you doing down there excuse me yeah tap (laughs) tap tap giving him a a quick shine up there sir hold on yes done
0: so after this scene they kind of and, and I mean like his friends I think this is the part that shows that they are actual friends and not just You got them season tickets, friends. Because they do care and they go in and they're like, this is not, this is not healthy. This is not right. You (laughs) you need to snap out of this. And so now it's the playoffs. And Ben is kind of starting to realize what Lindsay's trying to be be, uh, like, tell him is like, they're at a, exactly. And they're at a bar After one of the games where the Yankees beat them at the beginning of the playoffs. And like all the players are just sitting around having a meal at that bar. Johnny Damon. (laughs) And one of his friends is very indignant. Like, look at them just sitting there after they lost. Men's like, to them, it's just a game. Like, this is a job. They go home. Like, it's not life like it is for us. And maybe we need to start reevaluating that. Also in the scene, when they go to pay the tab, they put down a Fenway Park credit card. Daddy had that credit card. <laughs> 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 Just a side note. That's how deep the loved yeah. love of the Red Sox went with Ron Conley. And so in this scene, talking with his friends, realizing like it's not a healthy obsession that I have, and there's more to life, he goes to Lindsay's to kind of apologize and be like, I was a fucking idiot. Well, the Wilson brother opens the door when he knocks on it. And so he his immediate assumption is like, she's moved on, she's on a date. She tries to tell him it's just a work thing. Like, my coworkers are here too. And then he's like, Oh, it's a double date. And so <laughs> he just gets kind of indignant. And but he does say that he loves her and he wants to give us another chance. And then he just throws out there, let's get married. She's like, hold up, pump (laughs) the brakes. Let's back up a few pieces. And I think what she says is hits home for a lot of people where she's like, when you did that to me, like you broke my heart and that part of me shut off. Like, it's just, I couldn't allow myself to feel all of that disappointment and sadness. So I just had to like compartmentalize and, and know like it's not going to happen essentially. Yeah. And so now Lindsay is out to dinner with her friends. Molly announces that she's pregnant. And then she mentions in the previous scene, he also mentions that he bought a little Red Sox onesie. for when she thought she was she might be pregnant so in this scene molly announces that she's pregnant and she mentions that her husband even bought the baby a little train engineer hat so that starts getting
1: her 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 mind yeah thinking
0: like he really did was thinking about the future and us being together and having kids and stuff but then this is kind of confusing because her assistant runs in like her assistant's still at work question mark and she's like you got the promotion number one why would you announce it when that person isn't there
1: like why wouldn't wouldn't you do it as like a company-wide thing maybe I think it was a company-wide thing like I think he thought everyone was there I don't I think she skipped out early
0: Mm. and didn't
1: realize and so that her assistant said hey I told everyone you were in the bathroom so
0: this bar is close enough for her assistant
1: I mean, like, do you have the
0: shits, of Lindsay? Lots like
1: plot holes, lots of plot holes.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, she's like, he's holding champagne, we gotta go. And so, while this whole conversation is happening, there's a side conversation with Robin, and she mentions that her husband, Chris, is at the game with Ben tonight, and he's gonna buy his season tickets from him. And Lindsay's radar goes off and is like, Ben would never sell his tickets. Why is he selling his tickets? And then Robin's like, well, I don't know, but it's $125,000. And then this is when Sarah's like, are you that rich? And Robin's just like, yeah. (laughs) But based on the place where they had her birthday. I thought that was
1: their house.
0: It was fucking huge. Yeah. In somewhere somewhere in the Boston area
1: it's either they must have come from country. money yeah it's either their house or country club
0: yeah and so now we we see Ben and Chris at the game his whole summer family around him is like yeah, Uncle heaven. Carl's gonna curse you I want my sponges back <laughs> this is illegal they are not happy with Ben Lindsay shows up Outside the stadium because she can't get that out of her head that Ben is like selling his tickets, like that that doesn't
1: he's really in love with her and dedicated to her.
0: Exactly. So she kind of skips out on the celebration, is like, I have something I need to do. She goes, she has to buy tickets from a scalper, and they happen to be in center field where his tickets are along the first baseline. And she's trying to get in on like the first baseline side and the they won't let it. <laughs> ticket takers like, I know this, I know it's a ploy, you're <laughs> trying to trick me, you need to go around. So she has to go to center field, which if you don't know the baseballs is like the very back of the outfield is kind of where those tickets are. So almost directly across from where he's sitting. And so she snatches someone's binoculars and is looking and it's when Chris is handing him the contract to sign and she, she initially,
1: I I don't know, I was like, is someone holding her and letting her drop or is she dangling and she was dangling okay so
0: she does attempt to call chris she calls robin asks for chris's number tries to call chris he hangs up on her because he's at the game so she does try another tactic before the irrational side takes over and so her second her backup plan (laughs) is to and that drop is fucking huge it's like an 18 foot drop like she
1: didn't break any bones
0: and when she landed like that reaction, how she reacted when she landed, I'm like, yeah, that feels about right. <laughs> yeah. But she hops up and wouldn't you take off your shoes before dropping,
1: because she's wearing
0: there, they're, they're like kitten heels anyway. But so then she's kind of playing cat and mouse with the security and the umpires as you're trying to, to rally yeah. her. She, it's um, almost like
1: she's streaking, but she's got her clothes on. Exactly. So she's trying to, after her.
0: She's trying to run across the field to get to Ben and she finally does. And security catches up with her and he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And she's like, I heard you were selling your tickets. Don't sell your tickets. He's like, no, I love you. I want to do this. Signs the contract. They're trying to like put her in handcuffs. And she's (laughs) like, hold on a minute. Excuse me, ma'am. Your privilege is showing because they do give her that minute and she proclaims her love for him and, and tells him, if you love me enough to give up your tickets, I love you enough to not let you. And she tears up the contract
1: and littering on that field.
0: Well, <laughs> She's getting arrested that's not anyway.
1: That's not, that's not cool, ma'am. That's cool.
0: <laughs> so they kiss and as they're still kind of close together, he's, she's like, Ben, I'm being arrested.
1: (laughs) And this is like the second movie that Drew Barrymore has had like a huge epic kiss on a baseball field. Yes, this is true. Yeah. After
0: never been kissed. We'll get to that someday. I feel some sort of way about that movie now. Yeah. It's going to be a ride. So now it's more narration from Al Waterman, Have a Sponge and so
1: he kind of says he's like going through the whole so the movie is supposed to essentially end with them kissing here but Mm -hmm. because like Jackie said things took a turn and the Red Sox started winning and so they kind of just kept going along like they were just recording things going to different games until they made it to the World Series and they won
0: They won, and this is, going back to watching it on TV, they win, we're ecstatic at our house, we're, like, beyond belief that it has finally happened after 86 years, and there's that, is that, is that Drew Barrymore kissing Jimmy Fallon from the field? Is that, am I seeing this right? What's happening? Because, like, we didn't know they were shooting a movie, or- there was going to be a movie based on the red Sox, And so the following year when the movie came out, I was like, Oh, it all makes sense.
1: And she was engaged. She was with someone else. So it was just like super. Like, yes. Happening. It's like,
0: are they dating? And I, I feel like I knew that they were friendly but like it just there were lots of missing pieces and like (laughs) it wasn't like now where you you just your first thought is like let me google this shit and so that was kind of fun too is like remembering seeing them and apparently that was like they didn't have permission to do that the Fairley brothers like I I don't know how they got a camera in I, I don't know if they were saying like we just want like shots for the movie can we bring one camera in right so it was literally one cameraman and I think he was across the field from where Jimmy and Drew were sitting and then like as soon as the Red Sox won and like everyone kind of like all the players charged the field they just they went rogue and they hopped the wall and just ran out on the field and started making out And the cameraman got it. So I kind of love that too. Like there was a little like gorilla camera work there to get that end scene. And it just, it's, it just makes that ending perfect.
1: Yeah, no, it it made that movie have like a whole different feel to it because of that whole extra layer. Like it's one of those things that you could not even imagine to plan Mm -hmm. and then when you're watching the movie you're like how did they know to do this like it just because there were so many real moments at what they were at real games they were having these moments during the game and so then I remember when we watched this on DVD that we were watching the DVD extras and like they kind of did that whole behind the scenes I think it was even on HBO of Mm -hmm. you know making of the movie and it was just super cool to have that extra layer so it was, the movie itself was cute. It was a cute rom-com. And then that extra layer of the 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 world series. And then I think just for me personally, my memory of just attaching it to knowing that you you, how that was an emotional attachment for you and then your dad. So it just yeah. made it have all the feels. And at that time it was just, you know, just knowing how much your dad loved the Red Mm -hmm. Sox and he hadn't passed at that time. So it's just that feeling. And now watching it, it's, it just felt nice. You know, it was, it was kind of like just having that nudge, you know, about, about it. And when he, like, after he passed, when I found that Star Trek pen out of nowhere and Mm -hmm. I didn't understand, and it disappeared one day. I, I never, I didn't lose it. I don't know where it was, but I remember like I was feeling really sad and then it just showed up one day. I just found it randomly at work and I just felt like that was him just saying, you know, still here, which I thought was super nice. So this movie was great to to have that feeling.
0: Yeah, and Drew Barrymore's comments on shooting that scene She said, you don't get to shoot your film at the World Series with a team that hasn't won in 86 years that has this legendary curse on them, so to speak. Like, she's like, it was a once in a lifetime thing. Like, she's not going to say, no, I'm not running onto the field. Like, right.
1: You're going (laughs) to take, you're going to take that chance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) and they thems
1: is... Fever pitch. Fever pitch. Where I'm trying really, really hard um to not cry with you because I'm <laughs> a cancer. That's very easy to do. But I'm just really so, glad you picked this movie. Yeah.
0: I, I I love this movie. There was not any part where I was like, uh, like it for me it holds up aside from the colonizers talk. Like it was exactly how I remembered it, exactly how I Expected it to be exactly how I needed it to be. So it made me really happy.
1: Yeah. So let's look at any fun facts we want to bring back up that we want. Uh, so during the flashback to the first game where
0: Ben's uncle takes him, three actual former 1980s Red Sox or 1980 Red Sox players played themselves. Two are very recognizable star players, Den- Dennis Eckardsley. That's when Nick's going to get upset with me that I can't pronounce that last name. And left fielder Jim Rice. The other is Keith McWhorter, who only pitched one season in the majors. So that's kind of neat that like some of the nostalgic players were game to kind of come back to shoot scenes of this movie.
1: are trying to see, okay. It's a lot of sports facts in here. Uh, the film premiered at Fenway Park as a screen was set up in center field and the film is still replayed on movie nights at the ballpark. Red Sox players from the championship team (laughs) who joined Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon were Johnny Damon, Trot Nixon, Jason Veritek, designated hitter, first baseman David Ortiz, pitcher Tim Wakefield, and the first baseman Kevin Millar.
0: Yeah, so the only... Really like prominent player, I would say that wasn't featured except for his ankle was Kurt Schilling.
1: Yes. <laughs> that was crazy. That whole thing. I've never seen where they
0: were just like literally sewing his tendon to his ankle every game. And he
1: still pitched it. The dedication on that man. Bravo. Kurt Schilling. Bravo. Yeah. He was all I kept thinking is that man is so tall and skinny. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, Um, The scene where Drew Barrymore is running across the field was filmed after the game with about half the crowd staying to be extras. And then Lindsay and Ben have lunch at a restaurant named Fabrizio. At the time, Drew Barrymore was engaged to
1: Fabrizio Moretti, who is a drummer in the band The Strokes. There is an extended Red Sox edition of the film featuring scenes not featured in the original, which Jackie already touted that she has and now you're white the screen is white and I just it just disappeared <laughs> there we go <laughs>
0: buy it on dvd and then we already talked about beating the yankees for the alcs well danielle how can people find us? So if anyone has any comments about the movie, the facts we shared, if you want to share your experience being a Red Sox fan, give me corrections on some <laughs> of the the baseball things that I may have gotten incorrect. Danielle, how can they find us on social?
1: They can find us at No More Late Fees on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and the YouTube. And Danielle, what would you give this the
0: rating for this movie your current
1: for me it still stays five-day rental I liked it a lot I don't re-watch it as much so that's why I'm not giving it a probably because it just it's too emotional (laughs) I'll be honest like literally snot is coming out of my nose (laughs) but um I like it it, it's staying a uh, would buy
0: would buy it again for me I'm not surprised <laughs> I mean it wouldn't be my birthday movie if it wasn't
1: more than five-star rating yeah
0: well and if you, okay no okay. <laughs> okay and if you'd like to let us know how you feel via voicemail please give us a call 909 601 MLF 909 601 give us that feedback suggest future movies gush about the Red Sox I'm here for it I need more Red Sox stands because I'm partnered up with a Yankee. So you could be featured on a future episode.
1: And if you think more people should listen to the show, leave us a five-star review on Apple podcasts. And let's check out this review of the week. Serious best friend energy from BD Stever. The first thing I listen to in a podcast is audio quality and co-host chemistry. This show absolutely dominates in both. I was shocked to see they've been doing this less than a year. I was not at all shocked to learn that these ladies are best friends. Their variety of topics and movie coverage adds in the perfect mix of episodes covering a wide range of movie genres and pop culture definitely makes this show worth worth the subscription. By far, my favorite aspect is feeling like a third BFF. Their convos are effortless and inviting. I highly recommend listening to this really fun show. Thank you. And you guys, if you leave any amazing reviews like this, please just, if you have a social media um, account on Instagram, make sure that you tag it in your review so that we can shout you out and share it because we really really appreciate this a lot (laughs) and engage with you
0: because like reviews like this they're so heartfelt and you know when you when we're in it and we're doing it week to week like you kind of just get in a in a rhythm and we enjoy what we're doing but it's nice to hear the feedback and you know as Danielle says she likes to get paid in compliments so I do (laughs)
1: I do I'm, I'm working through my 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 people pleasing in therapy but I, I still like words of affirmation thank you <laughs>
0: <laughs> and as always be kind and rewind
1: you know what that sound means it's another episode of game for a movie where we ask are you game for a movie tell me Andre. there's no special features on that goddamn dvd all right oh, wow for <laughs> Hansel and Gretel? Hansel and Gretel. You have DVD you of Hansel yeah. and Gretel. She basically has sex with it, somehow. Uh, it, Foreplay. Yeah. Yes. She's, for, she's chair Foreplay.
0: They, I mean, they knocked it out of the park, which is why it's fun three. free. So. Oh!
1: oh. <laughs> yes. I mean,
0: I wouldn't be in it because this movie doesn't have women. But,
1: you know, it's you biopic, one? Right. It has one?
0: You, you would have three up. lines of dialogue.
1: No, how has much? Oh. <laughs> okay. So I'm actually gonna get, like, I actually get, like, I earn my, my my four sentences of dialogue rather than, like, here, I have a paycheck. You just stood there on the screen. You're a sexy lamp.
0: <gasps> oh, wow.
1: Anyway, we're not Phoenix too. too. Uh, so, no, so no. No. <laughs> no, no. No. Because they really hate each other, so we get to enjoy some wonderful comedic scenes of them hating each other so much that they get into physical altercations that include her biting detective, ex-detective Phillips' dick. Okay. But we know.
0: Okay. I, I know all of those words were English, but the way you
1: <laughs> constructed yeah, them, right, I'm right. lost. <laughs> I'm
0: not, not finding the arrangement of them very well. For those who haven't rated us or uh, liked or given us a review, don't say that we haven't given you anything of value after listening to this podcast. You now know the difference between an R-rated dick and an NC-17 X-rated dick. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie?